Welcome to Chasing Spirituality, a podcast for people looking to expand their consciousness, raise their vibration, and learn more about a variety of spiritual topics. I'm your host, Maggie, and each episode will give you insight into something different in the spiritual world. Crystals, aliens, witchcraft, ghosts, energetic healing and different healing modalities, manifestation, past lives, plant medicine, shadow work, and much more. There will be solo episodes, I'll interview guests, and we'll even have an occasional story time. Don't forget to follow me on social media so you can get access to insights, tips and tricks, new products, events, and more. I'm so excited to share this magic with you. So let's get started. Hey guys, today I uh, want to talk about religion. I want to talk about some of the main principles and ideas in some of the more common religions and how they relate to each other, how they relate to spirituality. I also want to talk about the different dogmas within religion organized religion and kind of how society and capitalism and colonialism helped shape our modern religions. I also want to talk about religious trauma and what that looks like and how that can affect you. I have an episode from season one where I interview Lindsay Lockett and we go into religion and most specifically religious trauma, um, purity culture, the evangelical church and things of that nature. So if that is something that you're interested in knowing more about, I encourage you to go and check out that episode. You don't have to listen to it before this episode, but it will definitely pair very nicely with this one. So first and foremost, I want to just come off the cuff and say that whatever your belief or beliefs are, whether they are spiritual related, um, more religious related, whether that be Christianity, Buddhism, or something more organized, something that I've never even heard of. I want to just start off by clarifying that your religious or spiritual practice is yours. It does not matter what anyone else thinks about it. It does not matter what I think about it. So if I say something that I believe in this episode or in any of my episodes that it just doesn't resonate with you it doesn't feel right to you it doesn't touch your heart or feel like the truth to you then don't accept it because for me what makes spirituality so beautiful is that it is personal It is something that we choose, something that we feel called to, and I don't expect anyone to believe exactly the way that I believe. I simply share things that I do believe or things that I simply find interesting or that I'm curious about, and I bring other people on the show, some I believe what they believe and some I don't and I do this because I don't expect everyone to believe what I believe I don't expect what I say to be an absolute truth for everyone listening and I think that's very important when we look at the differences between organized religion and spirituality because over time and throughout history organized religion It started somewhere. It started within different communities, different 
indigenous cultures and tribes. And what happened is over time, people took these beliefs and these rituals and these ceremonial practices they picked through them they decided what they wanted to keep and what they didn't and from there they created a religion that essentially controls people and not every religious person has fallen into that trap I know plenty of people who identify as Muslim Buddhist Christian yet they still more so follow their heart even though they know within that religion there are certain rules and certain laws and certain absolutes they still go within to discover what that truly says to their heart and I think that's what we all should strive to do. There is not anything within religion or spirituality that is absolute. So if there is something that someone is telling you that is absolute truth, you don't have to believe that. You don't have to accept that as your truth because we are the creators of our reality we are the creators of our present moment and at any time you can change what it is that you believe in now I kind of want to flip the script a little bit and point this in the other direction if you expect every person that you have a relationship with that you come in contact with or that is simply part of your life to believe everything that you believe then you need to reevaluate you need to take a step back because that's not the way things work even if you wholeheartedly know whatever it is to be true you still under no circumstance have any right or say in how another person believes or or lives their life and if you catch yourself being bothered that you can't sway someone or you can't convince them or you know whatever the circumstance is I can tell you right now that it's your ego that is driving that response or driving that reaction and the ego is also responsible for building up organized religions because the ego already forces us to see ourselves and everyone else as separate. The ego wants us to all feel like we are separated from each other and from everything else. So this gives us kind of that combative energy. And it also makes us want to convince everyone else that we are we are correct we are right we want people to be on our side because we're looking for connection we're looking for community we're looking for acceptance we're looking to be part of something to have that approval but all of that is already false because it's an illusion that is driven by the ego because we are already all one we are all already all connected whether you believe in God or Jesus or Buddha or the universe or a energetic type of faith no matter what it is it's at the root of every single human being. It's at the root of all of us. And it connects all of us. 
the ego is an illusion that we are not connected, that we are all different, and that we are all separate from each other, but we're truly not. So the sooner that you acknowledge that, that will help you move into a more accepting state of others' beliefs. And the way I view this and the way I've always been, I've always been told that I would make, you know, a good mediator or a good judge because I'm able to see multiple sides to every story. I'm able to see multiple perspectives and not allow that to cloud my judgment or my feelings. And I think that when you accept that we are all connected and that we are all part of each other, then it makes that a little bit easier. So instead of trying to convince your brother that what you believe in is 100% true and accurate, you may share with him your ideas and you may be excited to share with him or anyone that you love what you believe in because it's your beliefs. You have every reason to be excited. But if he doesn't resonate with it, he doesn't agree with it, or maybe he doesn't, you know, agree with parts of it, or he believes something completely different, it doesn't bother you. It doesn't affect you because you're confident in your beliefs because you're confident in yourself. You're confident in your word, in your truth, in your choices, that you don't need acceptance or approval from your brother or from anyone else because you already have everything that you need with inside of yourself. And you're not upset with your brother that he can't see things the way that you do because you know that it has nothing to do with you. His beliefs are his. His beliefs are his own. And he has made that decision based upon what he's been told and what he's experienced and what resonates with him. And it's okay that it's not the same as yours. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't need to be. There's no reason why we must find connection and we must find community solely based on what we believe. I can still hold space for my brother who believes something completely opposite than me because what's more powerful than us being the same and us having similarities and believing the same thing is love. Our love for each other should come first. And you can love someone and accept them for who they are without them having to agree with you. And if you can't, then that's ego and you need to check it. Because the ego is blinding you and is making you feel like you need to change the people around you in order to love them. And that's not real love. Real love is acceptance of someone exactly the way that they are. And organized religion makes it to where we are not allowed to have our own thoughts and our own beliefs. We're not allowed to question. We're not allowed to see what resonates within us. Most religions that I know of, what's word is word. I mean, it's, I'm not um, experienced with a lot of religions, but most of them, you know, have some kind of 
Bible, some kind of book of truth, and what's in it? It that's that's your truth. That's what you believe. And if you grew up in a society like I did where I was exposed to purity culture and religious trauma, it's even worse because you're not allowed to question what's being preached, what's being taught. And if you do, well, then you just don't have faith. And if you don't have faith, well, then you're a sinner. And that's what a lot of religions, and especially Christianity, that's what they do. They are brainwashing, and they're brainwashing people to conform. They are using shame as a tactic. They are using fear as a tactic to control the masses. Because real spirituality, real religion, real universal consciousness, Christ consciousness, it is all love and acceptance and approval no matter what. Everything else that's put into the Christian Bible or any other religion is simply a tool that was created to control us. And there are many people within the spiritual community that went from a Christian faith or a Christian background. And once they dug a little bit deeper, once they decided to actually question what was being taught to them and go within and discover what felt like the truth to them, they came back to a lot of the same principles that are within the Bible. They came back to believing that Jesus is real, a true person who embodied a loving light that we now refer to as Christ consciousness. And this is the same throughout other religions as well. There are pieces within every religion that tie back to others that are similar to other religions that you can go back through years and years and years and find where it originated, what countries practiced it. And the one thing that I have found in my research that is the same across the board is love. Within every religion and every spiritual community, the one thing that beats all is love. And there's so many things within organized religion, especially Christianity, that are not love. In fact, they're the opposite. They're very hateful, very fear-based. And the way to control people is making them afraid. Fear has always been used as a way to control and manipulate. And if you really look at the history of colonization and the history of America and America's culture and founding, you will find endless amounts of stories where religion was used and abused to take over and control many different cultures, communities, indigenous peoples, lands. And I know this is not to say all religion is bad or even that all Christianity is bad, but from the beginning, you can see where Christianity was used in a way to get power. 
1455, the Pope granted Portugal the right to seek out, capture, vanquish, subdue, and even enslave all pagans. The um, Jewish community, Catholics, they were a minority that was persecuted for their beliefs and accused of witchcraft. They were blamed for bad harvests, for bad weather, bad luck. The Crusades was a series of religious wars between the 11th and 15th century, and European Christians sought to claim Jerusalem as an exclusively Christian space. You can see right there how much separation there is, how much separation is in the start of Christianity to the point to where Christian leaders and Christian people are going into other communities, other lands, and demanding that they have exclusive rights to their religion within these lands. Native American religious practices were condemned as satanic, and in the expansion of Europe across the Atlantic, a document called the Requirement was read to natives. This order informed indigenous peoples that they must convert to Christianity or suffer total warfare. It stated that the conquistador who read this requirement was acting as the voice of God's authority, the Pope, and that God commanded the people to convert or die. So from the birth of Christianity, you can see how much hatred and how much fear and control is webbed and written within it. And I'm not saying that the core of Christianity, the true essence of Christ's consciousness and universal love and all of the good beliefs and principles and morals that are written within the Bible and are throughout Christianity are bad. But somewhere, at some point, things became twisted. And they began to use religion as a tool to take over and to gain access to other cultures and their people and their lands, and their practices, and their gold, and their resources. And that's not anything that I want to be a part of. That's not what religion should be. That's not what spirituality should be. Spirituality and religion should be love, not hate. Religion should not be about separation or exclusiveness Religion and spirituality is about inclusiveness, equality, connectedness, togetherness, whole. One thing that I definitely want to recommend if you are familiar with the Christian belief system or maybe that's something that you have resonated with in the past, there are a lot of people within the spiritual community that have gone back and looked at, you know, certain verbiage used within the Bible, God's words um, through different prophets and then things that Jesus has said. And they've gone back and they've taken all of the translated parts that don't fit. They just don't seem right. Or they go back to the original context and they look at that and compare it to what it was translated to and they you know kind of are able to decipher what the true meaning is behind this scripture what the true meaning was of God's words or what they at least believe and interpret as the meaning of these scriptures and a lot of it is <laughs> the exact opposite of what you would hear inside of a church. And it's just so, even if you're not a Christian or you have no idea what Christianity is, it's just, it's very 
eye-opening. And it's very moving, to say the least. Erin Abke is um, one that I personally like to listen to. However, there's a lot um, of spiritual people out there that have done the research for you. They have compared and contrasted different scriptures and original texts. So, um, you know, feel free to do your own research, but Aaron Abke has a YouTube channel and he's also converted that to a podcast as well. And he has an entire series, um, called mystic Jesus. And each episode goes kind of deeper into scripture and, um, kind of debunking some of the myths about Jesus and some of the things that just don't make sense and that aren't really in alignment with everything else. Anything that was created or at least changed and shaped to manipulate, to cause fear and panic and to control people is only going to continue carrying out those negative things throughout time. It's going to cause more fear and it's going to cause more panic and it's going to allow the control to keep happening. And this, my friends, is where religious trauma and religious manipulation come into play. If you grew up in the United States and you grew up in the South, you probably know someone or you yourself have experienced religious manipulation. I am from the South, and even though my parents were not overly manipulative with using religion as the tactic of fear. I still experienced religious trauma just because of my surrounding environment. I was exposed to all kinds of religious manipulation through peers through other family members, through my parents' friends, through my friends' parents. Um, it was throughout our entire community. And for the most part, it still is a really big thing in the South. It's not quite as... At least I don't think it's as quite as bad as it used to be. Um, I could be wrong. There may be some areas. I, actually, I know there are some areas that are still just terrible when it comes to using religion as a tool to control and to manipulate. But I do know that in a lot of areas, it's gotten better. I grew up in the 90s, so it was within the south in the bible belt states the evangelical church was really prominent and if you grew up in these areas you were subjected to a lot of judgment and a lot of shame and this could have affected you in many different ways and i'll go over a few of them um i'm not going to go into Every way that religious trauma will show itself, but we, we will talk about a few of them. So, like for me, for an example, purity culture was really big within my community. And this was, purity culture is, if you're not sure what that is, it's basically pro a promise to remain pure until you are married, which means you are abstaining from sex and any other kind of sexual encounter until marriage. And 
the worst part of this is, is religion was used as a way to convince and persuade and manipulate people into following this rule. And many girls in my community would be so shamed if they were something that was considered inappropriate if they did something or said something that was considered inappropriate we were taught to act a certain way to dress a certain way to cover ourselves up to not show our desires especially our sexual desires which is a load of shit because they're teenage girls and then boys on the other hand they still they experienced trauma as well but in my experience a lot of times the boys were just excused well they are just boys they're going to act like that they're going to have those desires they're going to have those urges and it's all up to the woman to do everything that she absolutely can to make it easier for him she must cover herself she must not tempt him in any way and if she does then she's she's the sinner she's the one in the wrong and not only is that completely just backwards and messed up and traumatizing for any female in that situation but it also teaches men at a young age that they don't have to be held responsible for their thoughts and their actions that they can just turn around and blame it on someone else it's teaching them that they can blame the woman for being too sexy for tempting them and then that leads to people raping women and raping girls and then blaming them for it. it. It's a real thing. It actually happens. I'm sure that most of you have at least heard of that kind of story from media because often they get blasted, which they should, those kind of things you know, are important and they should be out there, but it truly happens. And then these women, these girls, they've been taught the same thing at such a young age that they believe it too. So when it, when it does happen to them, if they are treated as an object, if they are interacted with in an inappropriate manner they turn around and they blame themselves too and then they don't tell anyone that someone hurt them someone abused them because they're sitting there thinking that it's their fault that they did something wrong because they were too exposed they didn't cover themselves enough and that's just ridiculous so that's some of the trauma there that's just a touch of it other ways it can present itself is just the whole shame factor and this is for boys and girls men and women alike however the same I can say is it's definitely more prominent that the shame was put on to the to the girls in my community but it was it's also put on to the men and to the boys because we are basically taught in these types of churches that we shouldn't act on our desires they're not normal they're not natural we should be stronger than they are that it's a sin that to have these thoughts is a sin to think these things is a sin and we just have to continue to hold back and cleanse ourselves and pray it away and that's not how it works. It is 100% natural 
to have these desires, to have these urges, to want to explore your sexuality, your body, what feels right, what doesn't. Those are all natural, especially at those teenage ages. So what happens is there is you have teenagers whose bodies are doing what's natural, telling them what is natural, what is instinctual. And instead of them being able to embrace that and accept it and try to explore and understand what it means for them, they are taught to hide it and to be ashamed of it and to not express that side of themselves. And not only is that alone traumatizing, but that can get carried with you. Even if you leave the religious community, even if you leave the church, even if you change faith, that still is imprinted within you. And it can have you become very disconnected from yourself. You can become very disconnected from your body, your needs, your desires, and that alone can cause many issues. It can cause issues with your future relationships. It can make it hard for you to understand your own needs and wants and desires. It can have it to where you don't understand them yourself, or even if you do understand them, you're too scared and too ashamed to express them or to communicate them with your partner. And it can make you very disconnected from your body to where you don't understand what your body wants and what your body needs. And the shame just, it just follows you and it stays with you and it's always there in the background. Another thing that often comes up from religious trauma, judgment. There is so much judgment around your sexuality and expressing yourself in these types of communities where shame and fear and judgment are used as a tool of manipulation. It's really hard to stop judging yourself when you leave those communities because that's what you've been used to your entire life you've been judged and you've probably also judged because you were taught to do that you were taught to judge everyone who is not the same as you you were taught to judge everybody that is considered a sinner within the church's rules and this stays with you, and it follows you, and it just keeps feeding into each other, and it keeps causing more and more hate towards yourself and towards others. And I'm sorry, but there's nothing okay with any of that in any religion that teaches hatred and judgment and fear is not of any good. So if you've experienced religious manipulation, I just want to tell you that I'm sorry that you were never wrong. You should have never been shamed. You should have never been judged. Everything that you have felt and experienced and gone through is a natural part of life. And it is natural to experience 
every emotion and every feeling and every sensation that you have. I also want to tell you that spirituality is not hate. It is not fear. It is not judgment. It is not shame. And every religion is spirituality with twists and turns and just nasty things that turn it into something it was never meant to be. So if you still consider yourself a religious person, please know that you can be religious, you can be spiritual, and you don't have to follow a church. You don't have to follow beliefs that are not aligned with you, that do not resonate with you. And if anyone is telling you different, then they don't know what they're talking about. They don't deserve to be preaching to you. You take what you want out of your faith, out of your beliefs, out of your religion, your spirituality, and you form your own opinion. You form your own system of beliefs. There are many different things throughout Christianity and other religions that I do believe in, that I do believe are true. But for me, the Bible as a whole is significantly flawed. And the reason why it is flawed is not necessarily because of the prophets. It's because of those people who then translated and put what the prophet experienced into writing because then they changed it. They changed it into their interpretation or maybe they changed it into what they wanted to change it to. I don't know. But just because a prophet or a translator interprets something one way, it doesn't mean that it's absolute. That doesn't make it 100% accurate. We are all able to see things from our own perspective. And we are all able to interpret things the way that we desire. It happens from just regular conversations, day-to-day life, people communicating back and forth. Something gets said and it's interpreted one way, but that's not the way it was intended. Or someone heard it one way, but someone else heard something completely different. Everything is open to interpretation. And you will never convince me that what is in the Bible and the way that we have interpreted the Bible is absolute truth. Because I don't believe that. There's a lot of people that say that they speak to God. That God talks to them. Some of those people are crazy. At least clinically. Some of those people say that God told them to kill a hundred people. But those people are not believed. Those people are not a hundred percent accurate. So... My advice is to stop looking to Bibles and to books and to the church and to spiritual leaders 
religious communities for the answers. It's okay to get advice. It's okay to get a starting point to get information. But then really ask yourself, how do you interpret this information? Does it resonate with you or does it not? If it does, great. What does that mean for you? How do, how do you view that? And if it doesn't, then let it go. I see it so often, even in the spiritual community. Someone's always asking about something they heard, something they saw. Um, just off the top of my head, can you complete a love ritual during the full moon or I heard that you're not supposed to put your crystals out in an under an eclipse or I heard that you should do this this and this when you meditate and I mean I'm glad that people are asking questions and that they're trying to find more information but when it comes to like really really specific stuff like that don't depend on someone else to give you the answers. Don't depend on someone else to make the entire decision for you. If you just need a place to start, you just want more information, you just need to gather, you know, maybe some opinions and some insight on the way things are done then that's great but then you should take all of that information you should take all of those answers that you received and find a way to make it your own find a way to incorporate it into your practice that will lift you up and inspire you and feel right you want it to feel like yours. You want it to fill your heart. And the only way that's going to happen is if you start to trust yourself. You start to trust your own opinion and your own judgment and your own autonomy. And I know that's hard for some people because we've never been taught that. We've always been taught to get the answer from someone else and whatever they say that's how it goes that's the way most of our society has been bred to be honest I mean that's what why we started going to school at five years old you start going to school at five years old so you can learn how to sit down shut up and don't ask questions and then as soon as you're done doing that you go directly into a job that does the same thing they're just setting you up to basically report to someone else. And that's not the way things should be anymore. I think that we're finally at a place where we can see the deceit there. We can see the lies. We can see the manipulation within the system, within religion, within politics, within the school system within everything the way our society has been built you can see if you really look that it's nothing but a trick to get us to conform and the only way out of that is to stop conforming and to stop conforming, you have to start asking yourself, well, what do you believe? What do I believe? What feels right to me? What feels like the truth? And if you don't know, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, you've been living someone else's truth for a long time. So it's okay not to know right away. And that's why you should investigate. And you should research and ask questions. And when that thing finally does hit you, you'll know. You'll know because you'll feel it in your heart. You'll feel it in your stomach. You'll get butterflies or 
that warm feeling in your heart and you'll know that that's your truth that that is your path and that's something that you can hold dear and that you can believe it takes time but you'll get there you just have to start somewhere and to start you know I would just really start thinking about the things in your life that you've adopted as your own without hesitation without question because there's a lot there truly is there's a lot of things that we just accept as truth we accept as what is and we've never really thought about it because we've been taught not to question we've been taught not to have our own voice and our own opinion that's different so just start there and you'll start to uncover the lies and you'll let them go and then you'll start to discover new truths and that's when you'll really start to develop your own spiritual practice and it'll be yours and it'll be beautiful did you enjoy that episode great make sure you share it with someone you love it would really mean a lot to me if you would take the time to rate and review the podcast This really helps the podcast grow and reach more people. I would love to connect with you. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and on TikTok. And if you want to find out more about me and what I do, check out my website, www.chasingspirituality.com. I hope your day is full of magic. Until next time. Wait, before you go, I want to share how you can receive a free reading with me. Listeners of the podcast, if you go and leave me a review on Apple and then send me that review to ChasingSpirituality.com, you can get a chance to win a free reading of your choice. This can be psychic or mediumship. Once a month, I will choose one of the listeners to receive the reading. And I won't pull your name out of the drawing until you're chosen. This will help the podcast grow, but will also allow me to give back to my listeners. Hope to hear from you soon.